Well, welcome back, community group leaders, to this episode of the Deeper Podcast, where we are able to partner with you as you help lead your groups deepen the relationship with God, His Word, and people. I'm Jeremy Wynn, host of the Deeper Podcast. We got back once again, Joe Hishma. Welcome. Hello, everyone. Great to be with you. Excited for what God is going to be doing in your community groups. Well, as we open up this episode and prepare to jump into the passage, we just got a, a couple reminders. Uh, first of all, if you are watching this episode versus listening, you'll notice that we finally got our chairs uh, the same height. So we've been told that uh, I've looked taller than Joe. And if you know us, that's just not true. So we've been able to adjust the, <laughs> Either that. Either that or I grew six inches in the past week. <laughs> One or the other. Um, but also want to just make sure you remember we just hired on Cody Leakin as our new community groups director. And so he's been sending out some emails and texts and calls to you guys. Uh, we just encourage you to, to reach back out to him and to follow up. I know he really is looking forward to get to know you and build relationships with you and hear more about what God is doing in your groups and how you can come alongside you. And then the other announcement is about our deeper experience through the life of Jesus, which is a week from the time of this recording. We're recording this on Thursday, so it's going to be next Thursday on October 28th. So make sure you communicate this to your groups and encourage you all to, to register and be a part of that. It's going to be a really powerful night. Yeah, We're excited I'm, for I'm really looking forward to that. I'm going to be going through the whole book of Matthew. So as we've gone through this series and as you've gone through the reading plan, it's really a one-stop one uh, where you get it all. And so we're going to be looking from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m., three hours. We're going to be going through chapter by chapter through the book of Matthew. I'm going to have this massive screen behind me, and it's going to have all these places where these events happened. And so you'll really get a visual picture. It's a visual tour through the book of Matthew, and you'll get the overall perspective of that. And I hope to put all of this together so that everything has perspective. Great. So look forward to seeing you all there. Well, now we're going to transition to our passage. We're in Matthew today, chapter 13, verses 1 through 23, and we're going to be specifically talking about 1 through 9 and then 18 through 23. So, Joe, before I read the passage, um, just give us the context of where we're at in the book of Matthew. Yeah, good context on this is um, Matthew chapter 11 through 13. Matthew is kind of giving different stories, different pictures to the different responses to Jesus. And remember, there was that group that was neutral and that was undecided on him. There's another group that rejected him and then kind of obstructed him, obstructed everything he did and tried to destroy him. And then there was that group that believed and received him. And so pretty much everything in this area is, are you open? What's, the, what's your response and, uh, and uh, faith in the kingdom of God and what God wants to do? Great. So I'm going to read the passage, and this is this may be a very familiar passage to you and a familiar parable. And so one of the questions we're going to be asking is, what's something new that you learned? So as I read the passage and as you go over it, don't just be thinking, oh, I know this, I know this. Be thinking about what is something new that God can bring out and reveal to you in this passage. So here we go. Matthew chapter 13 says this, That same day Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. And great crowds gathered about him, so that he got into the boat and sat down. And the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on the rocky ground, where they did not have much soil. And immediately they sprang up, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched. 
and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. And he who has ears, let him hear. And going on to verse 18 says this. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom, he does not understand it. The evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. And for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, yet has no root in himself, but endures for a while. And then tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word. Immediately he falls away. And for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. As for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields in one case a hundredfold, another sixty, and in another thirty. So as um, people are meeting their groups, what's the one big takeaway or truth that you want them to, to take away from this passage? Yeah, I think the intention of what God wants to do with his word is he, it, he wants his word to take root in each of us. Now, what is this seed? This seed is, is the gospel, right? And as the gospel is preached, the word of Christ is preached, we want people's heart to be open, and we want the soil of their hearts to, to be receptive so that when the gospel goes in and implants itself into us, then, of course, it it brings life. It brings life to us, hundredfold, mm-hmm. sixtyfold, thirtyfold. It, it doesn't matter what that ultimate um, fruitfulness is, but it's it's something beyond what was initially planted in us. And so God wants his word to bear fruit in all of us. And as you studied this week, is there anything you didn't include in your sermon that uh, you feel would be helpful for leaders in this setting? Yeah, I think one of the big things I did a lot of research on is just how does Jesus preach the kingdom of God in in all of this passage here? We've got the kingdom of God, and we got um, the, on the Sermon on the Mount, the values of the kingdom of God. We had the kingdom of God and the power due to all the healings and miracles, the nine of them that Matthew includes. Uh, leading up to chapter 11. And then we've got the kingdom of God just taught through parables. And these parables are kind of insider stories that people who already believe, like his disciples, were to get, but people on the outside who were yet undecided or who had rejected, it just went over their heads. They heard it, but they didn't understand it. And so Jesus is basically saying that small little seed that's implanted in you will ultimately bear uh, and multiply if you if you receive it and you allow God to work in you, it'll lead to salvation. It'll lead to growth in Christ. It'll lead to fruitfulness. And that little kingdom was so different than the major systems and powers of the world at that time, whether it was the kingdom of Rome or even before that, the kingdom of Al- kingdom of Alexander the Great, which was the boulder. He was the, mm-hmm. he was the wrecking ball that would come in and take over the land and rule with a mighty arm. And here you got this little insignificant seed planted into the soil that bears fruit and multiplies and ultimately transforms uh, the whole field. Jesus is saying, look, the gospel in your life and the gospel in others' lives will go to the ends of this, this earth and ultimately will transform and bring life to the whole world. And one of the illustrations that you use in your sermon is stained glass. Yes. And so you do a great job illustrating that. I'm just curious, 
Where, where'd you get that analogy or idea? Did you read about that somewhere, or did God just yeah, kind of bring I read, it to you? Uh, I, I, really I was, it. Um, I've always liked churches with stained glass, and uh, I, I, the, the reality is I, I moved from one 20 years ago when I came here, and on the I- inside you could see, especially on a sunny day, you could see the beauty of the glass, but on the outside you'd never notice it. you just drive by or you kind of see that there is something up there, but... That that flipped it because you only from the inside can you fully see what that stained the message of that stained glass and I think that's what Jesus is doing with parables. Yeah, well, I, I like that analogy. I know that resonated with a lot of people in the the run through. Okay, so now let's go to our application questions. So the first one we've got is the the preaching to yourself, and the question that we ask um, every week is what aspect of the passage challenged you the most, and how are you walking with Jesus differently because of it. Okay, so for me, I would say every time I preach the Word, it's not dependent on my power or my skill or my ingenuity or being profound. It's really what's happening in the hearts of people. So every time I preach, I want to pray, I, and I do. I pray that my words would be God's Word and that He would, he would use what I'm doing to bear fruit in the lives of people. But none of it's related to me. I can be faithful in preaching the Word. Um, I want to stay true to the text so that it aligns with uh, the authority of Jesus. But ultimately, it's the, it's the heart of the individuals who hear it. And remember when Jesus said, he who has an ear, let him hear. That is, that is a code for um, my Word is truth. Listen to me and understand what I'm saying and follow me. And so that's, that's the picture. Any given weekend, we're going to have people who are hardened to the Word. We're going to have people who are shallow in their understanding of the Word, and when difficulty or persecution comes, they fall away. And we have people who are just distracted. They're crowded. The other things of life, the desires uh, for other things, or the deceitfulness of riches, or even just the cares of this world, they kind of strip them away from listening to the Word and applying the Word in their lives. And... And the, the sad thing is, is, again, we don't know the numbers, the percentages on this, but the, the minority of, the, of those who receive the word, it seems like, it seems like there's, there's other options there, which, you know, that's not guaranteed to us. Who really knows and who really believes is something that we're called to, we're called to, and, and to put our faith and trust in the Word that's been implanted into us. Yeah. Uh, I think for me, it's the, the fact that we are, we're called to be, to be open to and to share the gospel with other people, and the reality that we are not in control of the outcome of the fruit of how people are going to respond. And so I'm challenged by the fact that I don't have control over any of that. And it can feel like, well, what's the point? Like God already knows, like who's going to go to heaven? Who's going to go to hell? Like most of them are going to reject anyway, but that's not the point. The point is that I'm called to be open to God's word every day and to allow it to transform me. And I'm called to scatter the seed. That's right. And God's going to be the one that's going to do the rest. Yeah. The parable, same sower. Same seed, yep. different soil. Yep. And so it's there's nothing wrong with the seed mm-hmm. when it comes, even though uh, Christianity may not be widely accepted and the gospel may not be widely accepted, the seed is still the power. Yep. And that's what we have to lean into. That's what we have to be open to. Yep. 
and you know, if you're thinking like a, a market thing, if it's like, well, you got these different investments and you'll do them and who knows, like yes. it's the same, you know, product, same everything. Some will grow, some won't. It's like, that doesn't make sense. But in God's kingdom, he's in control and he's working all of it for his glory. That's right. You, When you were talking there, I almost went Kenny Rogers on you. <laughs> you know, you got to know when to hold them and fold them and walk away and run. You mean all those. Okay. This I, one, you're just. That's a squirrel. Going. That's <laughs> a squirrel. Let's move on. <laughs> uh, second question is this. What was something new you learned from this parable? Yeah, I think I learned this time when I read through it, I learned how it fit in the context of what Jesus was teaching. This wasn't the only parable he taught, and Matthew starts listing a whole bunch of them here. This is kind of the parable teachings of Jesus, and again, it was to show us that there's going to be some things that outside of faith we won't catch when the Word is taught, but there's when, when we're on the inside, we can know this better, and so it, Jesus kind of once through faith, he he puts us on the inside, and he gives us perspective to be faithful and to follow him and to allow him to provide a fruitfulness with the Word in other people's lives. Yeah. Uh, I think for me, I can sometimes have read it and categorize people as like, oh, well, they're a thorn person, or oh, they're good soil, or whatever, when the reality is, is that you know, each one of us, those times when we're allowing God's Word and we're opening it and allowing it to transform it as we're obeying it, we're living in the good soil, but we can, we're just one decision away. We're one, you know, situation away from being in some of those other soils and allowing things to get choked out or birds to eat and stuff like that. So how are we every single day cultivating that healthy soil and allowing ourselves to to choose to be in that every day and not just be like, oh, no, I trust in Jesus. I'm in the good soil. I'm good. But realizing that we can stray away to those paths at different times too. So That's right. Okay. Question number three. What does it look like for your life to be open to the Word? Yeah, that's going to be a thing I really preach about a lot this weekend is the value of an open, the, the open Word in your life. How often are you opening it? How much time are you spending in it? Because we can find the time to do the things we want, and it's not an issue of, oh, we're so busy we don't have time. If you look at Netflix and Hulu and Amazon Prime and all those different streaming things, you're going to find out that uh, watching a screen has only—it's almost doubled in the last 10 years. So it's not like we're watching television less and we're not listening to other voices. We have to—we have to— overwhelm the outside voices with the inside voice of Jesus, and that's his word. And so this is a call for all of us to open up our lives to that, and for me, it means that I get up earlier and I open God's word. I want it to be one of the first things my eyes see in the morning, and so I have some time of Bible memory. I have some time where I uh, go through a reading plan, and I have some time where I go through a proverb each day that to match up with the date, the number of the date on, um, on the month that I read that uh, chapter in the book of Proverbs. And again, I don't always see a ton of fruit on the day that I read, but you do uh, the same direction for a long distance, and you're going to lead to a better destination on the Word of God taking root in you and bearing fruit in you. And so that's what it looks. It's daily for me, and then when I don't have the Word in front of me, I've, I'm, I've been memorizing it to do that. Yeah, my, my response would be very similar. Uh, removing distractions is going to be a huge thing. So I would say remove distractions and remove other voices. So um, to have that time, that 
spot, that location where I'm reading God's Word and listening to His voice and what He's sharing in a passage, even ones that are familiar, and allowing Him to allow it to be new and living and active each and every time, and not being distracted in that moment. Or also, someone else brought this up in the run-through, and I thought it was really good, and I agreed with it, that often we can read and hear other people's perspectives on Mm -hmm. God's Word, yes, and not just God's Word. And so whether that's podcasts or videos or whatever, and it's like, yeah, you know, how, how many times am I listening to other people, you know, one step removed from God's Word versus me really getting there and wrestling for it myself? So yeah. I, 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 that resonated. Sure. That. Yeah. In the beginning of the year, I did a how do I get into the Word? I, it was through the REAP method there, and I think there were four or five videos that I did on that. And I would just encourage you, I don't know if you can put that link to those um, in this resource, but... I can't. It's also, it's on our Right Now Media page. Oh, right. Um, I didn't realize that. But we will find a way to either link up to the Right Now Media page or to give it access. Somewhere. Yeah, so if people are struggling, uh, I try to explain it real quickly, and I actually take you through um, a practical way that we've bought into here through the REAP method of studying the Scriptures. Great. Yeah. Thank you. I agree. And uh, thanks for doing that resource as well. Sure. Very helpful. Well, with that, Joe, can you pray for our groups? Yeah, I'd love to. Father, thank you for this time in your word. I pray for each community group leader that you would work through them, that they would cultivate an environment of sharing uh, where people are, are articulating what you're teaching them and how they're growing, that they would come to you and cast their their burdens on you because you care for them, that, that we would be open to hearing from you and following you and experiencing all that you have for us. a a fruitful harvest of your word in our lives. And I trust you, and I seek you, and I trust each of these leaders to you to be used for your glory. It's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, we did our announcements at the beginning. So again, just make sure you sign up a time to meet Cody and get to know him. And And the deeper experience. We'll see you the deeper experience on Thursday. And so with that, groups, thank you for uh, listening to this episode of the Deeper Podcast. We appreciate the opportunity to be able to partner with you as you help lead your groups in a deeper relationship with God, His Word, and with people. Have a great week, and we will see you next time. Bye-bye.